whoever it is that you're most comfortable with or whoever you think you'd like, you know, give them a call, FaceTime them, you know, ask them to get together. But like, and just push yourself to really talk about it and, you know, how you're feeling and whether it's someone, a professional or whether it's your best friend or your mom or your dad, but just go talk about it. Just let, just let those emotions go and, and just, you know, have a conversation. How can I deal with this? Is there anyone out there? From Darkness to Life contains the real stories of courageous individuals who found their way out of the darkness caused by mental health challenges and substance abuse. If these stories resonate with you and you or someone you love need help and don't know where to turn, Rick, Ryan, and Damien are here for you. Please reach out when you're ready to ourcollectivejourney.ca or on Facebook at Our Collective Journey. All right, uh, we're here today with Nolan Radai and Intech Hong and Ryan. Yeah. And I'm Rick, and you guys know two of us anyway. Um, Nolan, tell us about yourself and why you're here today. Yeah, so I'm Nolan. I was born and raised in Medicine Hat. Um, Grew up playing baseball here in Medicine Hat, went off, played college in the States, and during that time, um, I had one of my best friends pass away and uh, just came to really talk about that experience. Hopefully, somebody, you know, hears it who needs it, and yeah. Yeah, and my name's Intec. I was born in Korea, but I was mostly raised in Medicine Hat, played baseball alongside um, Nolan and a lot of other guys that we've become close with. And yeah, same thing as I was going to school in Lethbridge, kind of went through that same thing, losing one of our best friends. And so I think that's something that I guess has brought us together and made us stronger. But we want to kind of share that today for whoever out there needs to hear that today. Nice. So you guys, you guys both played for the Mavericks at one time? Uh, no. No? Uh, we played on the Monarchs together. Okay. Cool. No, yeah, one of us wasn't good enough for the Mavericks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't don't uh, say any names. <laughs> we can check the roster later. Yeah, that's right. Who did it and who didn't. So did you guys know each other before you met through baseball? Uh, no, we met through baseball when, cool. we, when we were young, probably 12. Nice. Mm-hmm. So you've known each other quite a while then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So I remember that. I've been through some shit, eh? Yeah. First time uh, we met, it was our Little League baseball team and whole teams in baseball pants and, you know, a good shirt and in tech rolls up and it's like uh, skateboarding shorts. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And he's out there playing baseball and skateboarding shorts. Is, How'd is that awesome. slide feel? Well, they must not have put that in the email. I don't know. I even missed the memo. <laughs> yeah. I remember sh- the mistake once showing up to bit ball practice in shorts and my coach at the time, he just, it was, he looked at me and shook his head and said, I guess we're practicing slides today. Yeah. Still got the shin scars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, still got some shale embedded in my leg, I'm sure. Right on. So, Nolan, you talked about being down in the States, and tell us a little bit about that. What was that journey look like? Yeah, that was that was definitely a great experience. Um, I was in three different states. I was in Texas, Kentucky, and Missouri. Nice. So I kind of got to, you know, experience a couple of different places. And, no, it was, it was awesome. I loved my time there and um, made a lot of great memories and learned a lot of things. And, um, I, uh, yeah, I, medicine hat's always just been home to me, uh, a lot of family and that kind of thing. So it was more of a, just a, a great experience, but I always knew I'd come back. Yeah. Very cool. You talked about, um, your friend passing away while you were down there, mm-hmm. down at school. Yeah. So walk us through that. What did that look like? Yeah. So, um, it was one night I was just laying in bed and my mom calls me and, 
it wasn't the normal, you know, how are you doing? I love you, obviously. Um, so she it took her a while to really tell me, but she's like, Nolan, and she's like crying and I'm like, mom, like, what's her, like, what's up? Like, are you okay? And she's like, and it took her a while to spit out. She's like, Nolan, you know, Mason, like he passed away. Like, um, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't imagine you, you're, you're out there by yourself. Like, like, please like just talk, you know, you know, call your buddies, talk, but like, don't just, you know, and oh, I, I'll remember like, it was crazy. Like my chest just like, I've never felt that kind of like, it felt like there was just a million pounds just on my chest, just while I'm laying there in bed, just like, it was just crazy. And I, uh, in tech was the first person I called and I'm sure he can attest this, but it, oh, it took me forever. I was just bawling, and he was, like, so confused. And he's like, Nolan, what, what? Like, he's probably never seen me cry before that. And I'm just absolutely, like, I, can, I can't I can say a word. Like, I'm just, I'm trying to spit it out, but I'm getting, like, half a word out. Um, and then I finally get it out and um, talk for, you know, a while and kind of settle me down. But, yeah, that was, that was uh, tough. So you guys, how long you, had you been friends with Mason? Yeah, it was I personally. So Mason's dad and my dad were best friends. So we were, since we were babies, we were born a month apart. So we were always um, together as babies until I was a little rascal as a baby. And I <laughs> I injured Mace one day. And then for a couple of years, I wasn't allowed to be around Mace one-on-one. <laughs> 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 um, Without adult supervision yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we met when we were, you know, kids and um, then in tech when we were like 11 or 12 through baseball. And since then, we were always just crazy close. So I guess, you know, taking us back to the childhood and stuff, was there, did you see any, anything like, you know, or, or did you guys, did you and Mason have like any kind of deep talks as, as young men growing up? Like, were you, um, did, did you get to talk about real stuff? Like, did that ever come up or, cause we've, we've talked about that in, in these rooms quite a bit, right? Is, is, spe- I don't know if it's, you know, Southern Alberta or whatever, just growing up these days. Right. But there's a lot of like, guys don't talk to guys about guy mm-hmm. stuff. Right. And you just kind of, everybody does their own thing and, and whatever you're dealing with, you kind of suck it up and deal with it on your own. Did you guys? Yeah, we like, um, Personally, like, I didn't, like, know he was struggling like he was. Um, mm-hmm. um, I didn't even know he was, you know, on medications for anxiety, things like that. Um, so we didn't really, like, looking back now that I kind of have more um, knowledge on the topic and things like that, you know, I, I there was definitely things to notice that he was hurting. Like, he, um, he's very, I guess, self-conscious, and he wanted he was high school and he lost a ton of weight because he was just obsessed with losing weight and it's um kind of like that so looking back there's things to but i ne- i just you know back then i didn't never put it you together. know I, I thought he just you know got obsessed with a goal to you know getting you know in a lot skinnier and getting to a certain size or whatever i just never really thought of it and um but yeah we we definitely never had that like talk like you know obviously we talk about you know deep into whether it was girl troubles or stuff like that <laughs> but 
not about like real, real shit. No. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And we've talked about that. Like Rick said earlier, we talk about that lots, even, you know, not around this table, but when we have our coffees and we sit on the, at the coffee shops and whatnot, right. We talk about that stuff, how we came from different backgrounds, but we were brought up in that same type of, um, mindset that we just don't talk dudes don't talk about that stuff right we we could sit and spend hours talking about football or work or whatever but we don't talk about our feelings or heaven forbid you talk about if you're on medication for some mental health disorder right yeah and that's that whole stigma around that is showing weakness for a man that's like the biggest thing that we try to avoid growing up was showing weakness mm-hmm. yeah no i agree yeah no i think that's huge and i think you know, ever since then, I think our friends have kind of done a better job at checking in and nice. talking to each other. But no, before that, even, you know, with Mace, with Nolan, I don't, I don't think we really talked about the deep stuff because I don't know, it's not, it's not fun. Um, doesn't make anyone's day. So I think we just, if someone was having a super shit day, I don't think it gets brought up, you know? Yeah. And even, you know, after um, Mace passed away um, and we're all, you know, going through, you know, obviously some shit, right? And it was still like, it was still super hard to open up and really, you know, talk about our feelings. Like um, in the beginning, stuff that kind of helped me the most was just, you know, sharing memories about Mace and that thing. But I still never really opened up and was like, you know, like this is how I'm feeling. Like, like it sucks. Like there's kind of the emotions that come up and they come at, at these times and, um, not sure how to really deal with, like, I never, you know, had that combo. I just, you know, would, you know, kind of just reminisce about them. Um, and it's kind of taken, like, slowly I get, you know, more comfortable and, you know, talking about, like, the real shit, but it's still, like, very hard. Um, and, uh, wow, I couldn't imagine. Was this, like, both your guys' like, first loss like that, that close to home? Uh, for me personally, I've been fortunate. I've never lost even a grandparent, a pet, or anything. So this was my first kind of loss ever. So just bam, brand yeah, new emotions. The last and, person you'd really yeah. think to be your first loss. Yeah. So yeah, and, and I I lost a grandparent. My grandpa was really close too, but that was kind of we we kind of knew he was slowly getting there. So it was it was more of I knew it was coming, kind of pr- more prepared for it. So Mason's was definitely just because it's so so unexpected um in the in the beginning you just can't really believe it to be true um so that was a hard part about it too is just um took me a long time to just like really believe that like he wasn't here anymore like Mm -hmm. um so for me yeah definitely the unexpected very close was the first for me as well so what did that process look for you guys look like for you guys like wouldn't as you guys went through that journey of emotions, right? Can you, can you share what that was kind of like? Yeah, I think it was, it was definitely a journey and I, it's still a journey really, but I think just having those people that are going through the same thing. So having Nolan and our group of friends, we kind of stuck real close, reminisced, shared pictures, memories, videos, and we still do. And I think, I think that was everything because I think not, having that and just completely shutting it all away and trying to forget about him. Mm-hmm. I think that not only does it disservice to him, but to me as well. And I, I think being able to just have those memories and look back on them still and be happy about them. I think that has kind of really helped me cope to this day. Um, personally. 
Yeah, and um, so for me, because I flew back to go to the funeral and all that, and I, I obviously had to go back to school. We were in spring. We are in our baseball season. Um, so for, for me, that was kind of, that spring was, was tough. Like, our group was amazing. Um, and, you know, posting stuff in the group and, you know, the, you go, you guys, I'm super grateful for this friendship and, like, I love you guys. And that definitely helped me along the way. Um, but I just, up there being kind of by myself, I was just kind of putting on an act for the people that were mm-hmm. there. Like, I wasn't putting on an act for my friends because they knew what I was going through. But when it came to, you know, my teammates, classmates, um, that kind of thing, I was, you know, just acting like I was strong and everything was okay. And, you know, I I made sure that I still got good grades. I'd make sure I was in the gym, you know, even more, almost to blow off steam. But I was always, you know, just trying to smile more than even I did before just because I, I was scared for them to ask me, are you, like, struggling? Because I didn't know how to have that conversation with someone who didn't really know what was going on or I just wasn't comfortable. So day after day, I'm just, you know, pretending and, you know, I'm acting like I'm, I'm you know, I'm doing well and, and you know, got, you can still, you know, have fun and these things. And um, at the end of the day, it was just kind of like, it was a lot to, you know, just go through a whole day pretending. And then I'd kind of get to my room and, and then it would all just kind of, hit on me and um that's when you know the group chats with the friends would it'd help a little but just I wasn't really talking about it um and it's hard to have that convo over text um and I was I guess too scared to FaceTime people crying Mm -hmm. and stuff like like it just wasn't something I ever thought I'd ever do right so um that semester kind of felt pretty long for me. Um, it was kind of a grind. Um, but as soon as I got home and I was around all my friends and um, Shane and Wendy and my parents, and they were so good about every time they saw me, you know, give me a big hug. Our friend group, like, we definitely got closer where, you know, we'd, you know, just be happier to see each other. And, you know, just that hug would be a couple seconds longer. And um, getting home helped a lot. But... I kind of held it in for, you know, the three months left of my semester that it was kind of wearing on me and um, I was starting to, you know, go down a, a kind of a wrong path, like where mentally I was kind of just ticked off, whether it was, you know, at myself, you know, for not knowing how my best friend was going through a lot and really struggling and just not talking about it. So it just kind of slowly eating, a, eating at me and then you know, I started getting, I guess, physical when we'd go out and I'd try and, you know, pick out the biggest guy and, you know, just chirp him till he wanted to basically <laughs> beat the brakes off me. And my teammates would come in and save me and, you know, apologize or whatever. I ne- Somehow I never got beat up, but <laughs> it was starting to get to that point And I was very fortunate when it was starting to get there and get bad, whereas kind of doing stuff like that, I, it was time to come home and and then I, the family and friends kind of helped me out quick, and I'm definitely very grateful for that. But, yeah, that semester was definitely tough, and um, I'm glad for all the friends and stuff that kind of saved me when I was going down a 
kind of a bad because I've never been like that. I've never been mentally like, you know, mad or aggressive or hating on people. So wow. I think one thing to add to is I felt like, I don't know what you know, but there was a lot of guilt the few months after, like mm-hmm. if you were going about your day-to-day life, then you feel guilty, right? That you're not sitting at home feeling bad about it too. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a tough balance to find because um, it happened in March. So I think a lot of us still ended up kind of finishing up our, our schooling. And I know that for the first bit, I was kind of deciding, you know, should I drop out? Like, am I even mentally in this space where I should even go back to school? And I think there was just a lot of guilt. Like, am I just kind of pushing this aside to go back to my daily life? But I think also over time, you know, you know that he would want nothing else than for us to just keep, mm-hmm. you know, doing what we're doing and keep going towards wherever we're going to end up. But I think that was a tough thing for me is, you know, going to the gym, going having fun with our friends, you know, sometimes I did feel guilty doing that because, you know, I, I shouldn't be happy at all during these times is kind of what it felt. Yeah. I know I've like, I've dealt with losing some friends unexpectedly more, probably more than anybody should. Right. Um, yeah, more than once anyway. Right. And, uh, and I can totally sympathize with that. I remember like thinking, it, just the guilt of like not being consumed by it. Right. Mm-hmm. And you'd start having a good day. You know, at first you, you're just caught up in the shit. So it's easy to be stuck in the shit. Right. But then slowly, you know, you start to kind of come out of it a little bit, little by little moment by moment. And I, and you'd have this moment where like, you're, you're just not thinking about it. Right. And at, at first it like consumes you. And then all of a sudden you're not thinking about it. And then you, catch that you're not thinking about it. And then you feel guilty that you're not thinking about it. And you're like, Oh, and then you've got to process this whole new set of emotions too. So I can, yeah, I can completely sympathize with, with that for sure. Yeah. And I think like you guys have both talked about how it was a journey to get through that three month gap when you were at school and it's still a process. I I remember you in tech saying that it's a process to this day. Right. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we all go through as these stages of grief and when we have a loss like that, right? And it's important to recognize like both you guys have different stories and different takes on what that looked like. It's going to be different for everybody, I think, is the biggest piece and there's no right or wrong way to grieve. And uh, I, I know for me too, like I'm in the same boat as Rick where I've lost a lot of individuals that I know mostly through addiction, right? So it's not lost by suicide, but who's to say it? Maybe it is. It's hard to say, right? You can't really definitively say Mm-hmm. but loss is loss. It doesn't really matter in that moment. You know, that person's gone. And how do we, like you said earlier, you know, he would want me to be doing this. So I should go do this. Right. Or, or you hear that from somebody else. How do you do that though? You know, it's easy to say your friend would like you to do this. So that's what you should be doing today. But how do you go about doing that in that moment? That's hard to do. Hey. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because Mace was, he was always my, literally, like, my biggest fan. Like, we'd Snapchat every day, but randomly he'd be like, good weekend, man. Like, like, you stud, things like that. And I'd be like, what do you mean? Like, how do you you know I had a good weekend? He's like, 
you know, there's stuff on there that, that kind of shows you the stats. You know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, like I didn't know you're, you know, checking up. He goes, oh yeah, man, I always check your stats. Like, great job, like, you know, happy you're doing Unreal and just little things like that. Um, so, you know, after I, I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself to, you know, want to, like, in the very beginning, right when I got back, it was almost like, I wanted to, you know, do well in baseball only for Mace. Mm-hmm. And um, it like, it kind of just put a lot of pressure uh, on me. And I was, you know, struggling. And um, then I just kind of started to blame other factors of, you know, why, you know, I stopped, kind of lost my starting position role and, and things like that. Um, and I kind of, just put more pressure, more pressure on myself, you know, whereas when I finally got home and I had, you know, so many people around, I, I kind of realized, like, like, it doesn't matter. Like, Mason wouldn't care if I, you know, wasn't a starter or a starter at, you know, Northern Kentucky University. Like, he wouldn't care. Um, and it, it took a while for me to understand that. And, you know, I should be playing baseball because I love it, you know, and I should be going out there to you know have fun and obviously I want to win but you know just do my best and no matter what Mason's going to be proud of me mm-hmm. um and then that summer at my performance it, did, it started getting a lot better and um yeah just realizing like he's going to be proud of me no matter what I do but like he that was one thing he always you know I guess encouraged me about is just you know working hard and um, going out there and and that kind of thing and so just kind of get back to that and um, I just know he'll always be proud and not put too much pressure on myself when it comes to you know being successful and whatever but that was kind of some one thing I struggled with was I just wanted to you know do so good you like do it for him like he, he deserves it like go off for him so that was one thing I guess I struggled with. Did either of you guys seek any kind of professional help with with dealing with the trauma of the loss, or was it more just the collective with with you guys supporting each other? Yeah, personally, I didn't um, seek any professional help. Um, still to this day, I haven't. Um, I, I wish I would have through that semester. Um, you know, once I realized it was starting to build up, and I was, I wish I would have, but no, I didn't. No, you didn't. Rec- you didn't initially recognize that change in behavior at yeah. all until it was almost too late. And luckily, you got home. Yeah, yeah. To, to really look back and realize, you know, my change, and it, it took probably a year or more. Um, you know, throughout, like I never, I don't, I think it's probably a year and a half till I ever even admitted to myself that you know I did struggle after it. You know, mm-hmm. there, it, I wasn't the same as you know I was, and probably took me two years to admit that to someone else. Um, but so for me, it's, it's kind of been a long journey to really admit it. But um, that summer, just having people around to the, the hugs and to memorize or uh, reminiscing, things like that definitely kind of got me back on path or going towards the right path. Yeah, I never sought professional help either. And, you know, sometimes I wonder, had I you know, sought that out, would I be doing better with it now or what? how different would it be, you know, compared to me today? 
um, because I was struggling initially, especially. Um, I think I like to just bottle it away and then something will come up and then you just, the bottle shatters, right? And you're, you're done for the day. Um, and so I don't know if I processed it in the healthiest way. Um, but you know, I'm, maybe I was just kind of still in that mindset, like, oh, I don't need to see therapy. And I, I know that's a, that's the wrong mindset, but I think just maybe in that moment, I just felt like, you know, I have my friends and I'll lean on them. They'll lean on me and we'll get through it together. And, you know, I, I don't, I can't really tell you why I didn't because I know it was a good option and I know it was out there and, you know, looking back, maybe I should have, but yeah, I ended up just, but I am lucky enough that, you know, our support system, just leaning on them was, I, it was enough for me because they, we have such a tight, tight knit group of friends that kind of rely on each other. So I'm very fortunate that that did pull me through. So how long ago was this? Like how, how many years ago did, did this happen? Um, it was in March of 2018. So it's been um, nearing three so years. Coming up a few three months. Years. Yeah. And still, and obviously still has an impact on you. Eh? Yeah, for, for sure. Sometimes, you know, it hits harder than others. Um, you know, sometimes I, I literally just crave his presence. Um, like I just crave it and uh, it's kind of tough when it really rushes me like that. And sometimes thinking of them, you know, makes me, you know, smile and it, and it motivates me and it kind of kicks me off that day. And, you know, I go out and I have a great day. Um, and then sometimes it, you know, just rushes me of where I just start bawling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, sometimes I feel like that's almost maybe good. Like just have a, you know, half hour cry and just, you know, think about all the memories. And uh, I think the biggest thing that's helped me is to view it more as like extremely grateful that he chose me to spend so much time with um, just because he was just such an amazing guy. He just cared about everyone else before himself. And and I, I've, I've learned that from him and is just thinking of others first and truly caring about others and and then that's the most biggest thing I loved about them and it's just um I'm slowly trying to get better because it's definitely hard and that's why I loved them so much for that but um it just every day is different some days you know like I said it, it kind of motivates me and some days it it'll be just after supper and it'll just kind of push me to my bed and I'll just, you know, um, but just that the way I view it helps of being grateful that, you know, I had that time and all the memories we made and that knowing him, he would want me to, you know, do my best in everything and, and, you know, push through and, um, you know, always just be, you know, just the guy I am and, you know, the guy he loved and yeah. Yeah. I think reminiscing about him and remembering him is a motivator because, you know, just to whatever you're doing that day, just be a better, be a better person, be a better, be a better you that day, because that's what he exemplified to us. Um, not only kind of how he carried himself, but also he pushed us to always be better too, because he believed in us. So I think, just knowing that does kind of 
I know personally motivate me to just whatever it is that day school, um, just reaching out to a friend or I don't know, just anything, just become a better version of yourself because, you know, that's exactly what he did every second he was here for us. And I want to carry that forward with me mm -hmm. for the rest of my life. Yeah, I know like for us with, uh, with what we're doing here with our collective journey and, and these podcasts and, and all the different things that we're trying to do, we're, I mean, our, our main objective is to make sure that, you know, nobody ever needs to feel like they're alone and there isn't, and there isn't somebody that can relate and understand and, and help. Right. And, uh, and I remember talking to one guy specifically and, and he was kind of following what we were doing. He was saying how much he loves what we're doing and, and it's awesome. And he, you know, everybody needs to feel like they belong somewhere regardless of what it is. And, and then I remember being shocked and he's like, but I don't really have anything to offer. Cause I've never, I've never felt suicidal. I've never felt that depression. I've never felt those feelings. And then he goes, but you know, yeah, my, my mom took her life and, and I've had to deal with that. But I mean, I don't have anything to offer these conversations. And it got me really thinking, cause I'm like, man, like for every one person that takes their life, you know, that's one. So like we're sitting here with our experience of being that one close, close to the edge. Right. And I can relate to that, but for every one of those, there's hundreds probably, you know, where's that ripple end of people that are affected by that choice. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it, it's huge to, to let people know that, you know, if, if they're dealing with the loss, especially with the summer that we've had in the city, mm -hmm. right. And, and the things that have happened locally here, that there, there are people that have been there. There are people that have, have been through it. And, and I guess you know, if, if you could speak to anybody who's in this boat and it's a little fresher than you guys, what, what advice would you have for them? What, uh, yeah, I would, um, really say is, um, it's going to be like, it's going to be hard, but re like reach out whoever, whoever it is that you're most comfortable with or whoever you think you'd like, you know, give them a call, FaceTime them, you know, ask them to get together, but like, and just push yourself to really talk about it and, you know, how you're feeling and things you're struggling with. Um, especially if it's someone who might be going through the same thing or has been through it, they, they've felt those emotions. They've, mm -hmm. they've struggled through that. Um, but just talking about it, um, you know, the, the longer you kind of hold it in and, and try and just fight it by yourself, kind of the more this ball of, you know, emotions builds and it just builds bigger, bigger, bigger. Um, and, you know, eventually it's, it's going to pop. Um, and so it's just whether it's someone who, a professional or whether it's your best friend or your mom or your dad, but just, just build up the courage. I know it's hard cause you know, it took me so long to do it. Um, but you know, be stronger than I was and literally just go talk about it. Just let, just let those emotions go and, and just, you know, have a conversation. How can I deal with this or. And the conversation alone, I promise you, will will lift a you know a thousand pounds off your chest. Um, I know for me, just you know, early, just reminiscing, lifted weight off my shoulders. But when it finally came to where I could open up and admit, you know, struggle and um, admit, you know, what I went through and how I the real emotions, I find it's you know ten thousand pounds off my chest, and I can 
understand those emotions and when they hit, you know, know, you know, they're going to hit, um, and you know how to view it instead of just not even like, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not depressed. I'm, I'm not Mm -hmm. struggling. Like just, you know, go, you know, you're, you're tough, like tough it out. Like you're fine. Um, would you say that you give yourself permission now instead of like to feel that, feel those things as opposed to trying to just bottle them up? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like now when, you know, um, I'm having those times where, you know, I'm crying, like now I like text others and um, like with Wendy and Shane, I'll text them a lot. and That being um, his, his parents? Yeah. And just, you know, I'll just send a long message, you know, um, and just talk about Mace and how I'm feeling. And, um, and you know, then they'll send one back same. And then it's kind of like the next morning, it's I'm kind of refreshed and I'm more so motivated and just happy and grateful. Yeah, I guess I would just, you know, if, if anyone out there who needs to listen is, you know, you're not, you're not a burden to the world. You know, the world benefits with you being in there. And, um, you know, if you leave, it's not, it's not just, you know, no one's going to care, you know, it will impact people. Anyone, anyone you knew is going to be impacted by it and they'll feel hurt by it. And it's, um, you know, it's just, there are people that love you and they may not be able to tell you every day. Um, but there are people that care about you and love you and, um, just know that you can always reach out and seek help if you're feeling alone, because there's so many people out there right now that feel the exact same way you do that feel like there's, you know, no other option that they are fully alone in this, but it's, it's just not true. You know, no one, no one on this earth is fully alone. They have people around them and, you know, it, I know it takes a lot of strength to reach out and find help, but I promise you, if you do, there, there will be better days ahead. There will be. Absolutely. You guys just, it's amazing how we talked earlier about, you know, you guys are both on this journey, right? And you're, you're still on this journey of healing from this trauma that you went through and surviving suicide loss. And, you know, I sit here listening to these guys and I'm still healing myself. Like you guys really opened up the, the light switch for me today. And for me, it's like, I can go back and I can remember, you know, when I was going to take my own life and how complex of a decision that was, like, it wasn't a freak accident. It wasn't something that I just decided one day, yep, that's it. I'm done today. Right. There was a lot of emotion and a lot of thought and a lot of process that went into making that decision at the end. It was a one day event, but there was weeks leading up to that. Right. And listening to you guys talk, like I can remember myself being so emotionally drained and exhausted from, from living that lifestyle I lived, but from going through that whole process of trying to talk myself out of, you know, taking my life, I got to try this one more time. I got to try this other thing. I got to try these other avenues and they're not working. I know Rick spoke about this in his story too, before that, you know, you get so exhausted with all these other things that when that moment comes where the decision to take your own life is there in my experience, it was so easy to make that decision because I was emotionally exhausted. I didn't want to go on anymore. And I, completely thought that that decision was the right decision for everybody. Like you guys just said here that, you know, 
I thought I would be out of everybody's hair. The burden would be gone. I'd be out of their hair, right? And and I had the fortunate, it sounds weird to say that, but I got to see the other side of that because obviously I wasn't successful with my suicide attempt, but I got to see my kids bawling on their bed, you know, four days later after I got out of the psych ward. I got to see them hug me and kiss me and say that, you know, dad, we're so glad you're here. Whereas when I was in that mindset at the end, I thought they'll just go to my funeral, mourn me one more time and, and carry on with their life, right? So, I mean, listening to you guys talk about this and how you've recovered and are recovering from this really puts this summer into perspective for me too, you know, like not to share too many other people's stories, but this cohort and, and other suicides that have happened this summer, you know, if we're not dealing with the loss of a loved one like that in the, the proper fashions, mm-hmm. it's so easy to become emotionally drained. Like you guys just lit that, that spark for me. Like if we're not dealing with it in the moment and, and we're bottling it up, when you said it finally bursts and you're so emotionally drained to the point where I know I was, and it's so easy to come to that decision that I'm going to take my own life as well. Right. Whereas if you reach out, maybe that might yeah. help. I don't know. That's where my mind went today. Crazy. Yeah. With my experience with, with loss of friends, I, I didn't cope with any of that shit. Right. Like I didn't, I didn't, I shut all that off. Like I, even within my group, I think you guys are lucky that you were, you were comfortable enough to have that conversation. Right. Cause I know when I went through it, like, yeah, we went to the funeral and that was it. Like we got fucking shit faced that night and, <laughs> and everybody kind of went on their way and we were just left to carry on as if nothing had happened but with this huge weight, like you talk about, like, and it's, and it's crushing, right? And mm-hmm. as, as hokey as it sounds, right? If you've got 10,000 pounds on you, that's a lot of weight for one man to carry. But when you all start spreading it and sharing it and everybody's picking up some of that weight for you, right? It gets mm-hmm. a whole lot easier to manage. And I know, and I know for me, like looking back through my journey with, with addiction and with booze and drugs and, and as I worked through that process, there was a lot of shit that I had never dealt with from my past that had contributed to me, you know, they weren't necessarily directly the cause of me being in those, those darkest moments, but they were absolutely a factor in getting there. Right. And whatever percentage they played, they played, but, um, that would have been so much easier just to share. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Share that weight. Heaven forbid we do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, Sometimes it it might be different for different people on who to, you know, reach out to because some people are, you know, they care about, you know, the people close to them so much that they don't want them to, you know, be feeling bad for them or, you know, things of that nature. Just everyone's different. But um, even I, I find sometimes when it's someone who, like, who's a stranger and they, you know, Mason gets brought up, I, I almost feel like, it's easy to talk to them sometimes. Um, so, I mean, sometimes that's where, you know, professional help might be more suitable for someone is if they're struggling to open up, that they're struggling to the close ones. Is in that time, uh, you know, someone who's, you know, you don't know who, you know, if it, who cares what they think kind of thing. Yeah, um, there is a certain amount of freedom that comes with that anonymity of, yeah. you know, you're, you don't know me from Adam, so you're not going to judge me for what I'm about to say, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I think it's just 
finding whatever way you're able to talk about it, but go to that person, find that person. Um, just don't bottle it in. For sure. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. <clears throat> Any final thoughts, guys? Anything you want to share? Um, no, but anybody who, especially with, you know, the last summer in Manhattan stuff, like, um, like even if it's me, like I will, I will sit down and I'll talk to absolutely anybody and I, I will go first and I'll, you know, open up to you if you're, if you're struggling, you know, I, I know what it's like to go through it and, you know, bottle it in. So, um, please don't. And if you want someone, you know, you don't know, like I will gladly sit down with someone and, you know, just open up and, and let the emotions loose and maybe tell you how you can maybe get better or how you can deal with a certain emotion. Cause I've probably had it. Yeah. I think also not even just those struggling, but even the ones say in our boat struggling with someone who have lost someone, especially yeah. recently, there's probably a lot out there. Um, it also helps, you know, to talk to, and again, it doesn't have to be someone you're close to find a stranger, find a painting. It doesn't even matter as long as you're able to get that off your chest Right, because I know um, I, I definitely bottled it up too, and that maybe you know hindered me in the long run. So, whether you're the one struggling or you are the one struggling because you lost someone, you know, whichever side you're on, it doesn't matter. It helps to talk. Um, and I know, you know, I don't usually talk about these things, but coming here today, I feel like it was a little liberating. You know, nice. being able to just share with you guys, hearing your guys' stories over there, hearing more of what. Nolan has gone through because maybe we haven't talked about it that in depth either. I think, you know, maybe I was skeptical coming into this <laughs> and a little nervous, you know, yeah, cause yeah. I don't, I don't share these things, but it was amazing. And it, it feels so nice to just be able to share that and get those common connections and those common feelings out. And, um, yeah, I think it just, it helps more than you can really say. So yeah, just what, no matter what you're struggling with, just, getting that off your chest it it'll 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 help very cool yeah yeah I, I definitely agree with that is in today liberating and also just you know getting into real shit like i feel like a, a million times closer <laughs> to everyone in this you know room and you know i've been buddies with intech for you know 10 plus years and i i feel like we just built a bond even stronger just getting deeper into you know our shit so Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's a big thing that we're trying to do, right? It's just cut the facade and, and the the value of having a real conversation. I mean, it's we build up all these superficial walls around us and, mm -hmm. and uh you know, we it's it's easy to talk about, you know, sports or, or whatever, right? But you know, to to really you know, Poncho starts this podcast the same way every day or every every episode, right? And it's how are you doing today? And he means it and, and to give somebody an honest response to that and, and be in a position to deal with that and, and respond appropriately too, right? Mm -hmm. Just cut the bullshit. Like if you're having a shit day, guess what? So are a lot of other people, like, don't be afraid to say it, right? Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I think a couple of the things that I took out of today, like I heard both you guys talk about, you know, your struggles dealing with the loss of your friend and we all go through that, you know, it doesn't matter who you've lost. But especially somebody, if you've lost someone to suicide, it's, you know, you get the what ifs and I should have done this or I should have known that and you beat yourself up for that. And uh, 
one of the biggest things since, you know, in my last six years, and now that I'm in the professional realm as well, is to, one of the things I could have done, you know, there's a lot of things I couldn't have done and I beat myself up for those. But one of the things I could have done is ask those hard questions to the people that were struggling that my gut told me they were struggling, but I'm like, ah, they'll work it out. It's, it's to ask that question, right? Are you thinking of suicide? And, and lots of people don't want to ask that question, but you know, all the research and all the training around that is to ask that hard question. Because a lot of times that person, I know when I was thinking about it, if somebody would have asked me that, that might've changed my whole perspective. I can't say it would, it, it did, or, you know, I can't say for sure, but to ask that question and put the cards on the table, are you thinking about suicide? Because that could change somebody's outlook that day. Um, and the other thing is reach out, you know, we're dudes. We're, we're brought up. I was brought up. I know Rick was the same. We joke about it once in a while that we might've had the same dads. I'm not sure, but. Well, I think we established we might have the same moms now. Yeah. Too, yeah. Just, <laughs> fucking my, weird. Mine makes shortbread better than yours, <laughs> I think. Um, but you know, we, uh, we were brought up not to show our cards, not to show and talk about feelings. And I heard you say it earlier, right? You had never cried in front of him before. And I had never cried in front of any of my friends, especially my dad, right? He would have probably backhanded me. And, but it's that rip that barrier down. And that's the only way to get around the stigma of being a dude is, is to share our stories. If we're on medication yeah. for mental health, let's talk about that. Like I'm on antidepressants. Yeah. Um, I joke about it now. I'm going downstairs to get antidepressed. It's, it's not a stigma based thing for me anymore, but six years ago, it sure was. I wasn't telling anybody that shit, right? Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to let anyone know I was weak or struggling. Yeah. And now that's the easiest key to unlock that door for me is let's tell on, I, I got to tell on myself. Yeah. And then I open up that conversation. Like I've had some of the best conversations of my life with Rick and I've only known this clown for about four months. And it's been amazing. I think, you know, just the, the honesty and the vulnerability, if, if you're willing to do that, it gives somebody else permission to do the same. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, yeah. And I think that's where the value of that honesty is, is, you know, if you're holding up these tough exteriors and, and, you know, everybody's, trying to hold on to their own shit by themselves. As soon as you go, you know what? I'm not doing good. And that's the thing, right? You ask that question. Are you thinking of killing yourself? Mm-hmm. You know why people don't answer, ask that? It's because the answer could be fucking terrifying, Absolutely. right? And, yeah. But without that answer, you know, you've given somebody permission to say, yeah. You know, by asking the question, you've given somebody the permission to say, yeah. And and okay, well, now what, right? And mm-hmm. But at least you've initiated the conversation and now people are aware and we can start, you know, even if you don't know what to do with that answer, you can reach out and find people that do, right? Like you, nobody's looking at anybody expecting everybody to have all of the answers, right? But at least if we have the information and we know what people are dealing with, we can, mm-hmm. we can help them through it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, and just getting brought up like if you know you're with your friends or something you're wrestling one of the, one of the guys cries the other guys are like stop crying stop crying you know before mom hears like, <laughs> yeah. stuff like that right we were just like we taught like not to cry like crying sure. is bad where now like like no like fuck that like crying is good like if you're feeling a certain wave like show it like now it's like if somebody cries in front of me like I'm like sh- like shit like they are comfortable with me like like they obviously like 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 just feel closer i i respect them for you know having the balls to cry in front of me it's almost a privilege to have that emotional bond yeah yeah it's like crying is way harder than not crying i'm telling you right now (laughs) crying in front of people you love like your buddies in front of everybody is a lot hell a lot tougher 
than fucking holding it in because it is way harder to express and let it out. And um, so just get that stigma out of here. Like if you're crying, you're, you're a tough, you know, you're a tough son of a, you know, like, so. Also, I just think going back to that question of just asking, you know, are you thinking of killing yourself? Are you thinking of suicide? And I think, yeah, exactly that. The there shouldn't be a stigma. There shouldn't that shouldn't be this taboo question where we all go, "Oh my, did you just ask that?" Right? Yeah. Like, what, like what's gonna happen? Are you gonna say, "No, no, I'm not," and then okay, you move on with your life, or yes, and then like you said, okay, now we have this opportunity to help that we didn't before. Like, right? There, there really isn't this crazy downside to asking that. You know, I don't think anyone's gonna. If anyone ever asked me, I wouldn't be offended. I would, you know just feel genuinely cared for, right? Yeah. And then I would just say, oh, no, I'm not. I'm actually doing okay. Maybe I had a shit day today. And then say, okay, let's, you know, move on. But it gives them that opportunity to find help where if they weren't able to reach out by themselves. And I just think that's that's an amazing, just direct, easy. If you are if you have a gut instinct, if you suspect it, just throw it out there. Yeah. Right? What's the worst that can happen? You can save a life. Really. For sure. And I, I can remember sitting in my first assist training, so that's, you know, one of the professional training courses here in town that's offered through, I'll put out a shameless plug for CMHA, but it's offered <laughs> through them. And and I remember when the instructor said, ask that question, are you thinking about suicide? And I was, it like blew my hair back. I'm like, who asked that question? And then I got thinking about it. And especially over these last four or five years, I'm like, what is the downside of asking that question? If they are thinking about suicide, they're going to do it anyway, if you ask that question or not. So by asking that question, like you said, it opens that door and possibly opens know that conversation around it and maybe they you know at the end of the day maybe that's not enough and they do take their own life which you know we can't save everybody nobody can save everybody if somebody's committed nobody was saving me in that moment i was committed to it and i'm sure rick was the same way but by if somebody would have came to me two weeks prior to that and open up that conversation who knows what that would have changed for me so man that's i think it's one of the most important questions you can ask somebody if your gut tells you somebody's struggling instead of blowing it off and thinking they'll work through this on their own, they might not. So just ask that question. Yeah, I know for me, you know, I think this, this takes me back to me in that position, right? This conversation today and, and the weeks and days leading up to that, you know, I think if somebody would have just asked me, I, I would have said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And who knows what different path that might have created for me right maybe i wouldn't have had to get that dark and that that deep into it and Mm -hmm. end up in the hospital but yeah there's no there's no downside to asking the question like what they're gonna get pissed off oh okay they're gonna have to be alive to be mad at you exactly it's (laughs) it's a hell of a lot better than the alternative right absolutely yeah that's so true and and if somebody like you you guys yourselves right suicide survivors um lost you know you've lost people to suicide if you know that your friend is struggling ask them open that door you know it doesn't have to be are you thinking about suicide but ask them like truly like we start this podcast how are you doing like good doesn't cut it anymore like good is like addicts saying they're sorry (laughs) it's just another word you know it's ask them and sit down and have that if you have that relationship with them sit down and have that conversation with them because that could change somebody's outlook that day i think i've seen it hundreds of times it's amazing and when you have that feeling of helping somebody you know there's no feeling like that 
even just sitting around this table, right? We always judge, we get off these podcasts. We're like, Oh, was that good? Or when we meet somebody, do you think that was any good? And I always judge it by goosebumps, right? I get goosebumps and I've had them three or four times talking to you guys today. And I know that it's helping people, right? It's helped me. If it didn't help anybody outside of this room, I know I've benefited from being part of this conversation today. So it's been amazing. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like, like what you said, this has been liberating and yeah, it's, um, I've definitely got a ton out of it and, um, definitely made me feel a lot better. Yeah. Especially, like I said, I'm not one to usually, you know, spill my guts and have a round table discussion, but just do it. Right. Just say, say, screw it, do it. You'll learn a thing or two. You know, I learned a ton today, just hearing your guys' perspectives on both sides of it. And, and that made me, you know, a better person and a better communicator to whoever, you know, I'll be maybe worried about one day or just checking in with people, you know, you know, I've, I've become a better person by just chatting about it. And so, you know, I would, I would urge anyone out there to just do the same, you know, what's the worst going to happen over a discussion? Yeah. At the end of the day, what do you got to lose? Right. For sure. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate you coming in and, uh, and opening up and, you know, best of luck to you moving forward and keep talking yeah thanks for having us <laughs> i appreciate you reaching out yeah thank you so much absolutely we'll share this table with you guys any day yeah, yeah. it's been pretty amazing yeah. anytime you want to come back doors open boys oh yeah sounds good from darkness to life is an our collective journey podcast these are the true stories of struggles and triumphs against addiction and mental health challenges If these stories resonate with you and you or someone you love need help and don't know where to turn, Rick, Ryan, and Damien are here for you. Contact Our Collective Journey on Facebook at Our Collective Journey or on the web at ourcollectivejourney.ca. Hosted by Poncho Parker. Produced by Rob Pape. Engineered, edited, and directed by Dave Cruikshank. From Darkness to Life is a plugged-in media network exclusive. Check out this and our other great podcasts at pymedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening.